Go ahead and start service off with song page 114. Sing out like you mean it this morning now. Say. My soul has been singing. 
Amen. Thank you so much. You can be seated, church. I've had a lot of people tell me a lot that they were sorry about, but I've never had one person walk up to me and say, I'm sorry for the day I got saved. If you've ever been saved, you've never been sorry, and I'm grateful for the grace of God this morning. Aren't you glad to be in the house of God? I want to welcome you this morning. I want to welcome all our visitors, new faces here and there. Thank you so much for being here. I want to welcome all those that came by live stream and, uh, and, and all our different faucets of that. We're so glad to have you join us in Murrayville this morning. Make yourself at home. We are the circumcision of God who worship God in spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So let's just worship this morning. Enjoy the Lord. Enjoy Christ. Enjoy His Spirit. Enjoy the liberty that is in Him. I'm glad I'm saved. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much again for being here. I want to thank the Lord for all that's going on. Enjoy the Valentine's Day banquet last night. Excuse me, the Valentine's banquet last night. And I just had a wonderful time. I want to thank everyone for putting their efforts in that. Been a lot going on around the church, and we're so excited about what is upcoming. And wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things happening. Most of all, we thank the Lord for His blessed Spirit that's been helping us and aiding us. And we're excited about this morning's service. It's good to have the Davis family with us. We are so excited. <clears throat> now look, nobody talked to them. They know way too much about me, okay? Got way too many stories, way too much information to spread. But uh, I'm glad they're here. My brother-in-law, Jonathan, his wife, my sister, Kelsey, my nephew Hayden, who will be preaching for us tonight, and then Kennedy, uh, who's sitting right behind them. We're glad to have them here. Aren't you glad, church? Make them feel welcome, and the Lord's going to help us this morning. We know it. We look to him in his grace. Pray for Jonathan. He'll be coming to preach. They'll be coming here shortly to sing, and I'm excited about hearing this choir behind us, and what we're going to sing like it's our last time that we'll ever get an opportunity to sing. Hey, it may be our last time in the house of God this morning. It may be our last opportunity to worship. It may be the last section of time that we get a chance to worship the Lord. And if you're here this lost this morning and have never met the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray you'd see the importance of the hour. And I know the Lord will help you this morning. If you need encouragement, I believe you can get it in the house of God. Choir, sing, church, enjoy them as they sing. Thank you so much.
We could spend the rest of the service just talking about the goodness of God, couldn't we? Worshiping Him, praising Him, adoring Him. Thank God for the goodness of God. Again, it's so good to see you in the house of God this morning. I want to thank the Lord for His Spirit, His help. All those that are visiting, anyone that's here this morning, just make yourself at home and at liberty. You're at a, a place that you can be and feel at home and thank God for it. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to worship the Lord through giving and uh, as we do that, they'll play. Gentlemen, y'all will go back here in a moment. We'll ask a man to pray. And then while they're taking up the offering, we'll ask the Davis family to come get prepared. Excited about that. And then uh, we're looking forward to seeing what the Lord is going to do. Amen. God's good, isn't he, church? Thank God so kind to us. All right. Brother Clay, say prayer over us over the offering. You'll be at liberty to go take it.
thank you so much. Again, I can't stay, overstate it. We're so grateful for you being here this morning. Thank you for getting out, coming back to the house of God. We've had so many people sick, and it's good to see some of your faces back this morning. Thank the Lord for the... There's nothing like the church. There's nothing like the family of God. And I thank the Lord for what He has done. He's built this. Man didn't build this. He's put this together. There's no way we could have orchestrated, but I'm grateful for what the Lord has done. All right, well, we've got the Davis family here this morning. They're going to sing for us, and we're just going to worship the Lord. Just kick her back in neutral. Enjoy the Lord this morning. Let the Lord, uh, let the Lord minister to your heart, and you worship Him. Be obedient to Him. If you need to pray, you pray. If you need to testify, you testify. If you need to raise your hand, raise your hand. If you need to weep a little bit, weep a little bit, cry a little bit. Thank the Lord for what He's done. As long as it's in English, we'll be okay. Amen. We'll be all right. No, just obey the Lord in all, in all seriousness this morning. Obey God. Obey Him. Let the Spirit of God have His way in your heart. And we'll look to the Lord. All right. Go ahead, David. song 
God, you are faithful and true. Nobody loves me like you. Thankful to be saved this morning. And uh, thankful to be in God's house. I can say that nobody loves me like he loves me. And uh, a lot of people say that they love you and they'll run when hard times come or we just throw that word around a lot well we love you but uh nobody bible says that greater love hath no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friends i'm thankful for the one that laid down his life and i'm uh, heart filled with gratitude this morning i'm just glad to be here I'm glad to be in god's house and that's what this song says it says you know we can spend all morning with all of our words but they all fall short because we just have a heart of gratitude towards the lord this morning all my words fall short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do but every song must end, you never do. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got one response, I've got just one move. With my arms stretched wide, I will worship you. So I throw up my hands, praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. All my words fall short, I've got nothing new. How can I express all my gratitude? A couple Sundays ago, <clears throat> we preached out of the book of Ephesians, chapter number three. 
a prayer that Paul had for the church. He said, I, I'm, I'm praying that you might know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, to the end result that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. People all the time are searching for fullness. People all the time are searching for how to be filled. How to, how to know satisfaction, how to know joy, how to know peace, how to know contentment. And in the church, there's arguments about how do I get full of God? How do I get full of God? What does that look like? What does that sound like? Do you know how to get the fullness of God? <laughs> Come to know how much Jesus loves you. The breadth, the depth, the height, the length, these are measurements to which there are no end. And you'll question. Some of you have come in this building questioning this morning whether Jesus loves you or if He does, how much He does. And if how much He does, how long will He? And, and, and how long will He? How, how grand is it? What is the scale of it? You can't put a measurement on it. But you don't understand what I've been through. You can't put a measurement on it. You can't put a stop to it. There's not going to be a day when the Son of God steps out and says, Okay, I'm going to cease to love you today. No, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible. You got a copy of the Word of God? I want you to take it this morning and just lift it up and just wave it at me just for a second. You know what that book says? It says and speaks that the love of Jesus Christ works and lives and abides for you. You can worship Him this morning. That's why we sing. That's why we gather. We testify of the goodness of God. We sing of the goodness of God. We, we preach of the goodness of God. So just trust His love this morning. Trust His love. Be filled with the fullness of God. Y'all sing another one. Sing another song this morning. Thank God. I'm so glad I'm saved, aren't you? Again, you should be obedient to the Lord. They're here to worship the Lord. Jonathan will preach to us here in a moment. But you just settle in. Thank God for the fullness of the love of God. And I tell you what, if you'll let that love of God take you this morning and work on you, buddy, you'll get filled here in just a minute. And you'll get to where you want to worship. You'll get to where you want to look over at your neighbor and say, God's been good. He loves me. I'm telling you, if we can ever see the love of Jesus Christ, the details will work themselves out. had many tears and sorrows I've had questions for tomorrow there were times I didn't know right from wrong but in every situation God gave blessed consolation that my trials only come to make me strong 
I've been lots of places I've seen so many faces There were times I felt so all alone but It was in that lonely hour In that precious lonely hour That's when Jesus let me know I was His own it was through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, I've learned to trust in God, through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. So I think storms he's brought me through Cause if I never had a problem I wouldn't know that he could solve them wouldn't know what faith in his word would do see it was through it all through it all I've learned to trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in God through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. So I thank God for the mountains, and I thank Him for the valleys, and I'll praise Him for the storms He's brought me. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that He could solve them. Wouldn't know what faith in His Word would do. See, it was through it all, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God through it all. good it is to know the Lord this morning. Wonderful to be part of the household of faith. I appreciate the goodness and the grace of the Lord. And if you've ever walked a few miles with the Lord, you can testify of his faithfulness because it hasn't been you or I that has been faithful to him. It has been he who has been faithful to us. Can you testify that this morning? 
Yeah, I can't testify of my great love for him. I can't testify of my great faithfulness for him. I can't testify of my wonderful works for him. But you give me a minute, I'll testify of his wonderful works to me, of his wonderful goodness to me, of his wonderful faithfulness to me. That's why we're here this morning, to worship the Lord. I need your help. Are you glad you're saved? Amen. Amen. I'm ready to hear from the Word of God. I believe it's time. I'm so glad to have one of the best friends I have in this world preaching for us this morning. And uh, we're excited about that. Thank the Lord for him. And uh, love this man. And uh, we got a lot of stories, don't we? (laughs) Anyway, you'll not hear anything about that. I'm glad he's preaching the Bible this morning. And thank the Lord. So good to have him here. Y'all welcome him, Brother Jonathan Davis. You'll hear him well this morning. Well, I will say it's an honor and a privilege to be here this morning. And uh, honored to be in God's house. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark, chapter number 6. Book of Mark, chapter number 6. And um, preach a passage this morning. And I, I will say... That uh, I have, I have honestly waited for this moment for a long time. I thought a lot about things that I'd say or do, and uh, uh, Jay, he, um, I, I, I owe him so many favors, so many favors, and uh, I, he is, he is not a, he is not my brother-in-law. He is my brother, and uh, I, I feel that way. And uh, you know, from the very first time uh, that Jay and I met. We just, you know, hit it off with music and different kinds of things. And uh, I'll spare you a long story, but um, I, I met Kelsey's sister, and uh, she was just crazy about me. She, uh, you know, just, just absolutely head over heels in love with me. And uh, I, I remember I, I stopped in their church one day, and I was, I was just trying my best to get Kelsey to even look my way. I mean, I, I really was. I was like, hey, you know, and, and so uh, Jay was riding down the road with me. And uh, uh, we were going to eat. And in the place where they lived, there was a one-lane bridge. There was a one-lane bridge. And I was trying to tell, talk to him. And I said, uh, I said hey, is, uh, you know, is Kelsey, is she dating anybody? Is she like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe she, you know, there's this one guy. And then there's this and that. And as we're having this conversation, we're approaching a one-lane bridge. I didn't know it was a one-lane bridge because I didn't live there. He did. And he's sitting in the passenger seat. And I said, well, you know, just, just tell me, is she dating somebody? You know, I mean, do you, think, do you think she'd talk to me? And I just kept speeding up towards this one-lane bridge. He was getting more nervous and more nervous and more nervous. And he said, I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something like, if you'll slow down, I'll tell you. He, he, was, he, was, he was nervous. He thought, he thought, man, this guy's desperate. He's going to run off of this bridge. And, uh, but I'll I tell you, I love Jay and um, I, we do have a lot of stories together, but I, I can say as somebody that I believe knows him as well as anybody on earth, this man right here loves God and he loves God's word. And uh, I was excited. I was excited and thrilled in my heart um, when when he was called to come here. And, uh, you know, I knew it just by hearing it in his voice, talking about you and how that he loved you. And I want you to know this man loves the Lord and he loves God. And what you see is what you get. And uh, I'm thankful for the work that God is doing here. I say that you're blessed to have him and he's blessed to have you. And uh, I believe that's how God does it. That's how God does it. If you will, stand in honor of the reading of God's word in Mark chapter number six. All right. 
book of Mark, chapter number six. Let's start reading in verse number 38. Verse 38 says, He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. They sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. When he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. The two fishes divided he among them all. Verse number 42 says, And they did all eat and were filled. They took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side and to Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. When even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. Verse 48 says, And he saw them tolling and rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they saw him, they were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them, unto the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Look at verse number 52. It's an interesting verse in this passage. It says, For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you. God, again, we're thankful just to be in your house. God, we're thankful God, we have hearts full of gratitude this morning. God, of your love and of your salvation. God, and the wondrous hope of heaven this morning. I pray for just these few moments that you would help us to preach. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, help your people to hear. God, I pray that, that eternal things would be done in the service this morning. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. You can be seated this morning. The Bible says here that the disciples had just been a part of and were witnessing one of the greatest miracles at this time that had ever taken place. At this time, they had, uh, they, the Bible says that the people had gotten hungry. That's how we know they were Baptists. They were, uh, they, were, they were hungry in the middle of service. Some of you this morning are like, hey, it's been a good service, but my stomach's letting me know that it's about time. About time to start eating. And that's the way the Bible says that these people were. They were in the midst of uh, a long service, in the midst of the Lord ministering to them. And then in the very midst of that, they began to get hungry. And the Bible says there was a lad there uh, that had five loaves and two fishes. He had these five loaves and two fishes. And uh, the Bible says that the people were hungry. And so they said, well, what are we going to give him to eat? And this lad stepped forward. And the Bible says that God took that, took that lunch that he had and he blessed it and he broke it. He began to distribute it out. The disciples literally took this bread and these fishes. They began to take them and give them. To all the multitude. And the Bible says just men alone. There were over 5,000 people. Over 5,000 just men alone began to eat of those loaves and fishes this morning. So we see here that they're being fed. Not only that, but the Bible says that they took up the 12 loaves. They took up all of these loaves and the fishes. And they took them up. And the Bible says that there was plenty to eat. There was plenty, even more for the disciples. And I believe what happened was, I believe these disciples took these uh, extra fragments of fish and the loaves of bread because I believe they took it into the ship with them as they were going to the other side. 
The Bible says here that they were left over and immediately he sent away the people to pray. He sent away the people and he went up into a mountain to pray. But the Bible says he put his disciples in the ship in the midst of the sea to go to the other side. He put them in the ship and the Bible says they didn't want to get in the ship. But the Bible says that he constrained them to get in and to put them in to take them to the other side. And in the, midst of the, in the midst of the sea, as they're on the way to the other side, as usual, a storm comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Isn't that the way it usually is? We uh, uh, be obedient and do what the Lord wants us to do. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, trouble comes and a storm arises. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in the midst of troubles and trials, wondering what we're going to do. Bible says here that they begin to toll and row. They begin to do their best to get out of this storm. They begin their best to do everything they could to make it through the storm. But yet in the midst of the storm, nothing seemed to help. The Bible says that the Lord came to them. He was coming towards the ship. And the Bible says that they cried out to Him and He got in the ship. And when the Lord got in the ship, the Bible says the storm ended. The Bible makes a statement here in verse number 51. He says, and they, they were sore amazing themselves beyond measure and wondered. Now that's not, that's not the Bible bragging on these disciples this morning. It says that they were sore amazed and wondered. And that wasn't a good thing. Because the Bible says why in verse number 52. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves. Why? For their heart was hardened. You know what happened to them in the midst of the storm? In the midst of trying to get to the other side, in the midst of the toiling and rowing, their hearts became hardened. And I want to say this morning that in this day that we live in, I believe one of the greatest dangers to being a Christian and having things as good as we have it in these days, I believe one of the, hard, the things that we face is our hearts become hardened. I don't know about you, but there are times when I'm living the Christian life and I come in on a Sunday morning and it's, all right, well, just another Sunday morning. Here we are. Well, I've heard this choir sing a hundred times. Well, I've, I've heard Brother Jay preach ten times by now. I'm kind of bored with him. I've, just, another, just another Sunday morning. And we start getting a, a hard heart. We start, the things of the Lord start becoming just, you know, an, an, an everyday thing that we begin to take for granted. Why did that happen this morning? Why did that happen? I believe, first of all, they, their hearts became hard from the testing. The Bible says in verse number 45 that he constrained them to get into the ship and to go to the other side. He constrained them. It basically, this word constrained means that he forced them into the ship. He was going up to pray and they said, hey, let us, let us go pray with you. Let us go pray with you. He said, no, it's not time to pray. It's time to get in the ship. Let me tell you something this morning. There are times in your life when you're, you, you're wanting to live the Christian life, you're wanting to do something else, but the Bible says that God will constrain you yeah. into something else. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you this morning, you're going through a trial or a storm or trouble this morning, and you don't understand why it happened. There was no kind of sin. There was nothing that you did to bring it on yourself. Yeah. You're in the midst of the storm this morning, and the Bible says that you were constrained to get in that ship. You were constrained to go through this thing. There are circumstances in our lives that we didn't ask for this morning. There are circumstances in our life that we can't control and we didn't get ourselves into, but yet you find yourself in the midst of it. You know what that is? That is God perfecting His, His, His people through the storms and the trials that come in our life. The problem is sometimes we'll let those occurrences and we'll let those things happen and we'll let ourselves get a hard heart because we've forgotten that it's God's will for us to get into the storm. 
You see, they wanted to go up to pray with him. And he said, no, I don't want you to go pray with me. I want you to get in the ship. And I want you to go to the other side. Because they were wanting to go do a good thing, but it wasn't the best thing. God had something else in store for them if they were to be obedient. See, a lot of times, a lot of times in the way I am, and, and, and I know the way a lot of you are, you just want to do the best thing. The thing that makes the most sense. The thing that, that is, you know, is going to have the best outcome. I don't know about you, but I like good outcomes. I like to win. I like to win. You know, if I'm, if I'm not going to win, why are we playing this game? Hey, you know, I, I've always told my son, you know, we're out there playing baseball. If a coach says, now, we're not here to win, I'm like, why are we here? We're just, we're just here to have fun. I'm like, you know what's fun? Winning. <laughs> Winning is fun. Most fun you'll ever have. And these disciples, no doubt, are, are looking out into the sea and they're looking at the storm and they're like, now wait, Lord, I think the best thing we could do here is to go pray with you and go be with you. He said, no, I want you in the ship going to the other side. And you know why? Because the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. You can sacrifice all you want to this morning, but if you're not being obedient about the thing that God wants you to do, then you're getting it all wrong. Obedience is better than sacrifice. This morning you can say, well, I'm going to give money to the missionary. Hey, that money is good, but it's not what God wants if He wants you to go. And on the contrary, if God wants you to give and you're saying, Lord, I'd rather go than give up my money, then you're being disobedient as well. You see, we're based on outcomes. But let me tell you something. When we get to heaven, your reward and your life and everything that you've done, when we get to heaven, God will judge us not based on the outcome, but based on the obedience. This morning, if God's telling you to do something and you're worried about the outcome, the outcome's none of your business this morning. That's God's business. Your business is just the obedience. God doesn't want to, you to worry about the outcome. He wants to worry about you being obedient. They got hard from this testing this morning. Not only that, they got hard from the tolling. The Bible says they were working hard. Verse number 48, the Bible says, and he saw them tolling and rowing. They were giving it everything that they had. They were, they were working hard. You know what? I don't know this morning, and I, I, I promise you, I've not, I've not talked to Brother Jay about any single person in this church, but you know what I find? I find sometimes the hardest working can become the hardest hearted. You know why? Because you're doing and you're going and you're in charge of this and you got to make sure this works, you got to make sure that happens. And they're just tolling, trying to get through the storm with everything that they can, but yet in the midst of that, their heart became hard. From tolling, from working, the Bible says it was the fourth watch of the night. It was after 3 a.m. The Bible says to watch out. Don't be weary in well-doing. There's a very, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, 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 a tendency in the days that we live in to just get weary in all that well-doing. Just doing the right thing over and over and you seem like you're not getting anywhere and you're just toiling and rowing. Let me say, God doesn't want your work this morning. God wants your worship. You say, well, I'm doing this for the Lord and I'm doing that for the Lord and I make sure this happens and I make sure and this couldn't happen without me and this over here and, and I, I'm making sure. Yeah, but let me ask you something this morning. When you got here, were you worried about the work or were you worried about the worship? See, we get, we get hard hearts because we worry about all the things that we have to do. We like our checklist and we like the things that we're supposed to get done. And if we get everything done on our checklist, we'll consider that a good Sunday. So many times, I know me personally, 
I'll get through Sunday, I'll get through Wednesday, or I'll get through every day of the week, and I'll get my checklist marked off, and I'll get the work done, but I forgot to stop and worship. That's what God really wants this morning. Their hearts were hard from the testing and the tolling. Their hearts were hard from the taunting. The Bible says in verse number 48 that the wind was contrary unto them. There's some winds blowing against the church this morning. There's winds blowing against us. Hey, if you don't believe it, turn on the news, get on social media. Everything is a shot. Every song is a shot. Every TV program is a shot at God's people and at God's Word and at tearing down what God has said. It's not changed since the beginning. Since the very beginning when the serpent came to Eve in the garden, he said, hath not God said, and began to tear down God's Word. Let me tell you something, there's nothing different than what's happening right now. The opinions of the world, the opinions of the devil, the opinions of the evil agenda of our world, all they want to do is tear down what God has said. This wind was taunting them. So many winds will blow in a different direction. Their heart was hard from the testing and the tolling and the taunting. Not only that, it was hard from the troubling. Verse number 50 said, When they saw Him, they were troubled. It says, For they all saw Him and were troubled. That doesn't even make sense this morning. The Bible says that they saw the Lord and Savior, the one who had just done this miracle for them, had just fed them, had just broke bread and fed so many people, and when they saw Him, they were troubled. Why were they troubled in their heart? Because their heart has gotten hard. Let me say this morning, I believe if there's one word that might describe so many people in this day, it's just being troubled. Just being troubled. Everyone you talk to, well, I've got this going on over here and i got this problem and we've got this happening over there and help us pray about that over there. Brother, we just walk around with just this troubled and confused. See, they were confused in the midst of the storm. When they looked out and saw they weren't Him, another passage says that they supposed that He was a ghost. They didn't know what to do. They were troubled when they looked around at what was going on. And through all of this, their heart became hardened. Let me get the why. Because the Bible says that they considered not the miracle of the loaves. They consider not the miracle of the loaves. You know what the Bible's telling us this morning? The Bible's telling us that they went through all of this. They went through all this and got a hard heart. Why? Because they didn't consider what God had previously done for them. They didn't stop and look back and say, hey, if God, if God fed the 5,000, if God's healed the leper, if God's done all these things, if God broke this bread and multiplied and fed 5,000 plus of us, why can He not help us through this storm? The Bible says they never once stopped to consider that. So I'm going to preach real quickly this morning. I've already preached most of the message. I'm not a long-winded preacher, all right? I'm not long-winded. I was raised in a pastor's home my whole life. I was cured of long-winded preaching. Alright, so I'm going to give you three things this morning. I've already preached the, most of the message. Three things this morning that they should have considered. They should have considered. The Bible says they had a hard heart because they didn't consider some things. They should have considered, number one, that He was aware of their position. I told you this morning, the Bible says that the Lord constrained them to get in the ship and to go to the other side. But look what happens in verse number 48. <clears throat> the Bible says that he was up in the mountain. He was praying for them. And verse number 48 says one of the, the, some of the best four words in this passage. says, and he saw them. He saw them. He knew exactly 
where they were this morning. And I, if you don't hear anything else that I say this morning, if you feel lonely, if you feel like you're all alone and nobody loves you this morning and you feel like there's no hope, I want you to hear what I'm going to say to you this morning. He sees you. He sees you this morning. He knows where you are. He knows who you are. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about your storm and your circumstance and your trouble. He knows the thoughts in your mind and in your heart this morning. He knows that you're lonely. He knows how you feel this morning. And He is praying for you. The Bible says that He was in the mountain. He was up and He looked down and He saw them out on the sea. You may this morning be in the midst of your storm and you feel invisible. You may feel invisible to the person beside you in the pew. You may feel invisible to, to the Lord this morning. You may feel like you open up your Bible and it's just words on a white page. You feel like nobody understands. Let me tell you something this morning. The Lord sees you. He knows you. The Bible says He knows the very hairs on your head. He knows everything about you this morning. Even the things that you wouldn't want anybody else to know about you. He knows you this morning. And He sees you. And He's well qualified to take care of this problem. He knew exactly where they were. This wasn't their first time in the storm. This wasn't their first time. A few chapters earlier, they were in the storm. But see, in that storm, the Bible says they were, that the Lord was asleep. But they could see Him. They could touch Him. They could feel Him. They could see the Lord. But in this storm... They couldn't see the Lord, but He could see them. And if I had my choice this morning, and I'm in the midst of the storm, whether I can see Him or He can see me, I'll take Him seeing me every time. Because the Bible says He was aware of their position. He knew what they needed. He knew how far they were. He knew the storm. He knew everything about it. And He was in control. You may feel like this morning that the, nobody sees you, but I promise you, the Lord sees you. And He's praying for you. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about that fact? You say, now we, we say it a lot. Sometimes, you know, throughout life, Jay will call me, Brother Jay, Pastor Jay. I'm working on that, alright? Y'all pray for me. Pastor Jay will call me. We'll talk about things. And I'll pour my heart out and he'll say, I don't know, man, I love you. I'm praying for you. And I'll tell him, hey man, I know, I'm, I'm praying for you. We tell everybody that. Somebody out on the job, we're praying for you. Sometimes we tell people that just to make them stop talking. <laughs> I'm praying for you. Then they walk away and we're like, whoo, Lord, help them and help me. <laughs> praying for you. We say it so much all the time. Hey, I'm, I'm praying for you. And how many times do we fail to go home and we never even think about that situation again? But the Bible says when the Lord says that He's praying for you, He's praying for you. He's interceding between Himself and the Father this morning. He's at the right hand and He sees you and He's praying for you. If these disciples would have only realized that He was aware of their position and that He was up on the mountain and He looked down and He saw them and He was praying for them this morning. If they would have done that, their heart would have never become hardened. They wouldn't have been fearful. They wouldn't have been afraid this morning. They would have with confidence got in the ship and went to the other side just like the Lord said they should. Bible says that he was aware of their position. Secondly, this morning, he was acting with a purpose. He was acting with a purpose. Bible says here that he put them in the ship. They were in the desert place, but he takes them to the sea, puts them in the ship. And you know what he tells them? He says, get in the ship and go to the other side. 
Now they only heard the first part of this instruction from the Lord. He told them, get in the ship and go to the other side. And so many times we hear the first part of what the Lord tells us, but we forget the rest of the story. The rest of the instructions were, hey, I want you in the ship. You're going to be in the storm, but I'm going to meet you on the other side. Get to the other side. Now, a lot of times as, as preachers and you know, as Sunday school teachers, whatever, you're, you're going through a, a passage of Scripture and you're, <coughs> excuse me, you're writing things down and you're writing and, and it's, just, it's just all falling into place. And you're like, man, that's good. I, I love this. The Bible says here that, that they were in the ship and the Lord saw them and then He started coming towards them. And he was walking towards them. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's about to get in this ship. And everything's going to be fine. And everything's going to be great. He's going to make the storm go away. But look at verse number 48. The last part of this verse. Have you ever been doing something like that? And all of a sudden you read something in the Bible that just totally messes up everything that you thought you were going to say? That's what the Lord did in this passage right here. Verse number 48 says, and about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. So here I am thinking, Lord, you're about to come out to him in the midst of the storm. You're about to get on the boat. Everything's going to be fine. The storm's going to stop, and it's going to be a great time, and we're going to celebrate in the Scripture. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that he came walking unto them, and he would have passed by them. He was about to just walk right past him. And so I thought, Lord, why in the world? Why in the world in the midst of their storm, in the midst of their trouble, in the midst of their hardest time, were you about to just walk right by him? You know why it is? It's because the Bible says in the book of John, when you read this story, that when the Lord stepped on the boat, immediately they were at the other side. You know what was about to happen? Whether the Lord stepped on that boat or not, they had almost made it to the other side of the storm and didn't even know it. you got to remember, it's pitch black dark. They don't know where they're at. This boat's getting rocked back and forth, getting thrown around. They can't see their storms. They don't know how far, how close they are to this storm being over. But yet right before it's over, they start crying out. They get a hard heart and they start giving up right before it's almost over. Let me tell you something this morning. I don't know where you're at in your storm, but could it be that it's just about this far from being over? It's just about this far from being done. Hey, let me tell you something this morning. Don't give up on the brink of a miracle. Don't give up on the Lord. He sees you. He's praying for you. And He's acting with a purpose this morning. I don't know how long the storm's going to last. I don't know how long it'll take you to the other. It'll take to get you to the other side. But could it be this morning that you're about this close from yeah. that thing that you prayed for getting answered? Yeah. Could it be this morning you're this close to that that child getting saved? Could it be this morning you're this close from him or her to coming home? Could it be this morning you're that close to God giving you that child you prayed for? Could it be this morning that God's about to bless you and you're this close in the midst of your storm? Hey, I encourage you this morning to understand He's not only aware of your position, but He's acting with a purpose this morning. I don't understand why storms happen. I don't like them. I don't want to be in them. I don't want to go through them. I don't want people I love going through them. I don't understand. I don't like storms. They're a necessary part of life this morning. And when God has you in a storm, He's aware of your position. He's acting with a purpose. Number three, let me say lastly, 
He's adequate for the problem. He's adequate. Bible says He did. He stepped on the boat. They cried out. He stepped on the boat and immediately the storm was done. There at the other side. You know what? The Bible says that they were sore amazed. And again, He wasn't bragging on them. But you know why they were amazed? The Bible says, for they consider not the miracle of the loaves. They consider not. You say, well, I don't, I just don't understand. What, is, what does that verse have to do? What does the storm have to do with the feeding of the 5,000? <coughs> I submit to you this morning that the difference this morning is if in the midst of the storm they would have looked back at the miracles that God had previously done, they would have had the strength and the faith to make it through their storm without getting a hardened heart. I, know, I don't know about you, but in the midst of my storm, even right now, things that I face, I'm asking God to do a new thing. Yeah. I'm asking God, Lord, I pray that you would do a miracle. Yeah. God, will you do a miracle in my life? Yeah. And sometimes He does. But I will tell you this, sometimes previous miracles are sufficient for today's storms. Yeah, they said they, they consider not what God had already done. And we're looking for a new thing. And we want God to fix this problem now. And we want God to be adequate now. And we want all of our problems to go away. But the Bible says they consider not those loaves that were probably just swishing around down in the bottom of the boat. They never even looked down to see what God had previously done in, your li in their life. Let me tell you something this morning. I don't know about you, but you're looking at a blessed man. You're looking at a man that God has blessed and God has performed miracles in my life before. And in the midst of my storm, the Bible says that God wants me to look back and say, God, if you've been faithful before, you're going to be faithful now. God, if you fed us when we were hungry in the desert, God, you can keep us safe in the midst of the storm on the sea. Let me ask you something. Has God ever let you go hungry? Has God ever not fed you? Has God ever not put that miracle in your life where He broke the loaves and He gave you plenty to eat and then some? The Bible says that they took up the fragments. You know what a fragment is? It's just a little broken piece. Just a little broken piece. You may be here this morning. You say, I don't have much. You know what you do have? You've got something. You've got the little broken pieces of a previous miracle. The Bible says to look on that miracle. You know why? Because the past is a promise. He's never failed us before. He's not going to start now. The Bible says that He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. The same God that answered your prayer last time is going to answer your prayer this time. The same God that brought you through that desert and fed you is going to feed you again tomorrow. The same God who is in the midst of this storm of these disciples, He's in the midst of your storm. And you never know when you're just about this far from that storm being over. So I ask you this morning, to consider that He's aware of the position, of your position. He's acting with a purpose. He's adequate for your problem this morning. I want to ask you to consider the loaves. Consider the things this morning that God has previously done in your life. And know that He is adequate. He is sufficient. He is more than able this morning to take care of the storm you're in. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask Sister Megan to come to... Piano, if she will, this morning. I truly don't know as, as close as I am to Brother Jay. and He's my best friend. I, 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 I don't know anything about any storms that anybody in this church could possibly be facing. I told him yesterday, I said, I don't know why I feel, but I feel constrained to even preach this message. 
feel like God wanted me to tell somebody this morning that He sees you. He knows you. He's aware of your position. He's acting with a purpose and He's adequate for your problem. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know the unimaginable storm. It may be something that not even (coughs) anybody in this church knows. I understand that this morning. I don't know, but He does. He knows the thing that you went to sleep thinking about last night that kept you up. He knows the thing that made you cry when you were all alone. He knows that deepest, darkest thing in your heart, your worst fear. He knows this morning. And He cares. And He sees you. And I promise you this morning, if you'll look back on all the times that God has been sufficient for you before, you'll be able to make it through the storm. As we stand all across the building, heads bowed and eyes closed as she plays you come this morning if you're in the midst of the storm if you're in the midst of it you say God I don't know how I'm going to make it through I don't know what I'm going to do Lord just understand he's aware of your position he's acting with a purpose he's adequate for the problem Lord Jay you come you come on and pray church as some of you in here knows you need to pray come on come on Come on, talk to him about it. Come talk to him about it. Tell him all about it. He made as though he would go by, but they cried out to him. That's what you need to do this morning. Cry out to him. He's done this to soften your heart. Let you see Him in all of His glory and all of His power and what He can do and what He will do yet again. Even though we just did it. He wants to show you who He is. He wants to show you Himself. All of His glory. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. I want to know more about my Lord. I want to know more. More about Jesus. I would know. More of His grace to others show. More of His saving fullness see. More of His love. You let Him have His way. He's developing your faith. It's what He's interested in. It's more precious to Him than gold. Your experience. Your walk. I noticed this in the text and Jonathan touched on it. The Lord told him, said, get in the boat and go to the other side. And I want to tell you, church, we're going to make it because He 
has said we're going to make it. It's a promise. His word. I couldn't help but think it when the scripture talked about it. He said he made as though he would pass by. He just assumed that they believed what he said. <laughs> He's working on your faith this morning. Thank God for the glorious grace of God. Aren't you glad you didn't stay at home this morning? Aren't you glad he's going to take you to the other side and you'll come out the better for it? Softened and more faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> thank God. Father, we want to thank you this morning for the grace of God. We want to thank you for the reality, Lord, of the Savior. We want to thank you, Lord, for the wonderful truth we've heard, the blessed Holy Spirit of Christ, Lord, that has touched and moved in our hearts. I want to thank you, Lord, for truth. I want to thank you, Lord, for reality. I want to thank you, Lord.